Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. fans, Mark Allred here, host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We are recording episode 147 on September 29th, 2019, only four days away from the puck drop of the 2019-20 season, and the, uh, the first game is against the Dallas Stars in Dallas on Thursday night, this coming Thursday night. Joining me, as always, well, maybe not last week, but she's back again. Guess who's back? Back again. It's Heather. Heather Ingerson, how's it going? It is going fabulous. Sorry about missing last week. I was trapped at the bank doing some stuff for the local hockey league. It was great, but it takes up the whole weekend. It was an excused absence, let's yes, just say. Yes, it was. A pre-scheduled absence. Well worth absence. But um, why don't we talk about that? How did everything go on the tagging and, and fundraising and everything like that? Was yeah, it good? Yeah, it went well. Uh, Tagging, and for those of you who don't know what it is, like, you know, you see the kids standing around with their little cans outside of businesses and stuff, and we have great locations all over kind of the greater Amesbury episode. Shout uh, out Amesbury. Area, yeah, and I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Salisbury and Seabrook, New Hampshire as well, because they also hosted us at several locations. Oh, awesome. Uh, we spread out a little bit, uh, and we have awesome kids. Like, our kids, they are professional taggers. They are so good at it. And we have great families, so always represented great, you know. And the kids, the best part is watching the kids come, and they just want to know what they have in there. And they learn counting skills, too, because they always want to count down to the last penny, no matter what they're supposed to be doing next. Right. But it, it was very successful. We had a little crazy thing happen, but never have a... Usually it goes off without a hitch, but nothing bad that ruined the weekend or anything, and... It was a beautiful weekend. So. Yes, it was very nice. I always, this time of year is weird. Like, uh, is it going to be 50 and raining? But it wasn't. It was in the 80s. It was, like, perfect. Actually, the kids were sweating. I felt bad them being in their jerseys. But what can you do? But it was good. It was a good week for Ainsbury Youth Hockey last week. We had a 
long week, but a good week. Yeah, and it ended on Thursday night with the uh, groundbreaking of Maples Crossing. Yep. That uh, an event that we attended together and um, and got some interviews, but more or less uh, was there to for the ceremony. Uh, Governor Charlie Baker was there. Some other state officials were there. Uh, state Rep. Jim Kelkos. Uh, he's names very native and. Um, uh, you know, a long time he was a resident, so uh, it was a great event. And, and also former Bruins, Rick Middleton was there, mm-hmm. uh, Ken Hodge Jr. was there, and um, Bob Carpenter. Yes, Bobby Carpenter was there, um, and I got some Blades inter- the Bear. It, yeah, Blades was there. <laughs> Blades showed up fashionably late as usual, but whatever. Two minutes into the governor's speech. <laughs> yeah, like. no. Um, but we do have some uh, audio that we're going to uh, compress and try to get a pod about that. Um, I'm working with the the PR staff of Maples Crossing, the new six-rink facility that's going to be built in in my hometown of Amesbury. So um, definitely looking forward to that. But, um, yeah, uh, some Bruins talk we got that <laughs> we do have. And we're priming up to the 2019 puck drop, so... Um, let's just start off with a few topics that I have written down that I'd like to cover. Uh, David Krejci uh, seems to uh, be having a little bit of problems with a lower body injury, but uh, as reports are coming out, as, as we get closer to Thursday's puck drop, uh, that he's going to be okay to play, yeah. um, which means that uh, Jack Sidnika is probably going to stay up for a little while longer, get some reps with the team. Uh, before he's sent down and a, and a fully healthy David Krejci comes back into the lineup to start the year. So um, was it was it a little bit of a scare for you to see that and so on? Um, I think uh, we, we always say how tight-lipped they are as an organization. It's always like upper or lower body or something happened, and we never know what that means. Someone's arm could fall off or whatever, but I think Cassidy hasn't seemed too worried about it, so I think that's what made me feel... Um, Usually, I mean, because he's pretty open. He'd be like, oh, we're going to get so-and-so. We're going to, you know, seeing who will maybe center that second line or whatever kind of thing. But he hasn't been like that even since Krejci got hurt. So I kind of had a feeling he'd be all right for opening. I mean, hopefully he will be. Maybe that's a has to be a game-time decision. I don't know what the injury actually totally is. But Cassie has never kind of put it in a context. He was worried about having him back for opening night. Right. So for me, that kind of calmed my nerves a little. More precautionary, I yeah. believe. You know, it's just... When you it know. first happened, absolutely, I'm like, of course, right? right. Seven days here go or whatever. Well, it kind of, days. kind of like last night's game, and and we're recording at my house on this gorgeous deck that my my landlord Paul made uh, last week when I was watching my dad's dogs and away from. So we're outside doing this. So you might hear a, an occasional saw here and there. We've got people working away on this gorgeous Sunday afternoon um, morning, but. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. Well, we are talking about uh, Krejci, and then you were going into the oh, game yeah, yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and the game yesterday. I was quite surprised that Bergeron was in the lineup. I and mean, when you talk about precautionary, the guy's got a, a, a groin injury that he, he just... A chronic groin injury. Yeah, he yeah. keeps coming back year to year, but he, he fights through it. He's a warrior. We all know mm-hmm. that. Um, but I was quite surprised that he was in the lineup, and 
you know, I thought the opportunity could have been given to somebody else. But he also does need to see some game time, mm-hmm. too. I get that. So yeah. I just don't want to see him injured before. Nobody wants to get injured in preseason. Right. I think that was more a test on Bernie to see how much he could handle to make a decision about opening night. Uh, I agree with you. Like, I was shocked to hear his name like, oh, because you figure even if he is going to be good to go, maybe just let him. But at, like you said, at some point, and now, like, the lineups are looking more like the actual lineups might be. The, the first few games are always prospect heavy on everybody's camp and stuff. The stars don't really start playing until the second half of games. You have them sprinkled in here or there. So I think it was probably more just to kind of test where he's at mm-hmm. to be able to make a decision if he's not going to be ready for Thursday, you know. Yeah. But it was a – I. It was a crazy game. Obviously, they did very yeah. well. But uh, I think because of that, too, also created a little lower stress level. Like, had he played versus New Jersey, who has a lot, you know, yep. more, not that, I don't want to say Chicago doesn't have speed, but they, you know, they're kind of in a weird rebuild. And half session. their team was over in Germany, right. I and believe. Then, yeah, they have the same issue we had last year yeah. where we were the in China. Squad, yep. Because they play in Prague or whatever yeah. for oh, their opener. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, but they've been in Germany, and they're going to Prague. Oh, You're okay. right. They were in Germany. So training in Germany, playing in Prague. Yeah, gotcha. so that's where the teams are this year. The opening, the game is going to be in Prague, where it was in China last year. But you're wrong. They were in Germany. Now yeah. they're going to the Czech Republic. <laughs> Prague's awesome. Shout out, Prague. I love that city. Yeah, I remember you went there. Um, yeah, so talking about the preseason, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, preseason does get me hyped up because it, it, it just shows that it's like football. I hate football, mm-hmm. but it just tells me that hockey's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So preseason is like my gear up to to get everything going. So uh, the the preseason schedule this year went down from eight games to six. I think that's going to be even lower in the next couple of years. Um, but the Bruins went four and two in the preseason. They outscored their opponents twenty two to thirteen. There's a lot of good things that were seen in these games. The games that were able to be seen, whether they were on Nesson, the last three games were on Nesson, and the previous uh, three games were um, were streamable or sometimes even not. From the other organization, yeah, like the yeah. Devils stream the game. Well, the first preseason game, I know I couldn't get because we were blacked out. Yeah. I don't know why. That was just dumb. But. I always think it's weird that they black out the preseason games in the area. I get, like... I'm not going to, like, unlike football, like, I'm not going to see a lot of uh, Sharks preseason games or whatever. Right. But it's weird to me as from a marketing standpoint why the NHL can't, even on their own platform, like NHL.com, just stream the preseason, even if you can only get your market, you know what I mean? Or maybe you can get Boston and New York or whatever kind of combo. That's weird to me. Just from a marketing standpoint, because that also reminds other people, oh, yeah, hockey's happening, you know what I mean, yeah. or whatever. Well, if you, I, I know you're not on social media, but, mm-hmm. like, on Facebook and Twitter, like, people are just going nuts that it's not available to watch. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to hide demand like that, you should really address that, because, I mean, not only is it a moneymaker, but it's, you're feeding your, fa- your fan base. <laughs> yeah, you're looking you know? for viewership. Everyone keeps saying, we talk about this all the time, like, what can the NHL do to help market itself better besides let the players relax a little bit and not have to be so locked into proper, proper, proper all the right. time, you know, which is happening because it's a new era. We got younger players. This is their whole game, which is great because the older players don't need to know how to play the social media game necessarily. But the NHL... Why aren't you marketing to your own fan base and maybe getting some people in? They had the highest rated cup final like last year. Yeah. Ride the wave because there are a lot of casual fans that watch that crazy series, Boston, St. Louis, and are pro- maybe looking to check it out again. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what else does the NHL have to offer? You know? So Absolutely. That's just uh, 
And, um, yeah, so we'll get off of that. Uh, it was a mixed bag. I'm just saying, like, preseason was all right. The young kids showed some good stuff, you know, when they got to play up. David Backus showed some great stuff. I thought Anders Bjork played uh, really yeah. well. I, I'm totally unsure. We'll get into that. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, why don't we talk about David Backus? I oh. mean, he, I didn't expect this at all. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, it's I I get it's preseason. I can already hear people going, "Ah, oh, Jesus, he sucks." No, listen, I'm not gonna be that guy that he says he sucks. Let's get rid of him. Blah blah blah. I, I believe that he's. If you can't get rid of him and package a deal for him, then you're stuck with him. So you got two years to deal with him. Um, but what I saw during this preseason was something that I haven't seen in a couple of years from him. It was more step in his game. I mean, if that makes any sense. But he was he was faster. Um, and I know it's a, it's a bunch of mixed talent. You're not playing with a full NHL team, so the sample size might be small. But you got to think that if he does have the opportunity from what I saw in preseason, he's going to contribute. <coughs> yeah, excuse me. No problem. There's, there's coughing allowed in this. <laughs> <coughs> Good, because I get dry throat. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, there's, the, there's the, the option of going to the AHL. Uh, you get, I believe, $1.6 million in cap relief if that happens, but you still hold an AAV of 4.9, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not good with the math. Yeah, but, it's like um, four. Yeah, it's, but it's just... And I, you also don't want to pay that type of player to be on the fourth line either. But I don't think David Backus was playing like a player that's going to be in the AHL. You know what I mean? I think he played like a veteran that knows he's fighting for his spot and... We talked about this. Maybe going. You had brought up how he didn't train like he normally does. He stays yeah. in Boston. He went to Minnesota, and sometimes that's what you need, right? Look at what happened. Tuca went to Finland for like a week and came back like a totally different yeah. person. I think yeah. maybe David Backus. You know, he's had a rough about the last couple of years. He has not played up to part of David Backus's is his expectation of what we all watched David Backus be for so many years, knowing that he's an older player. But he had some legit. Like, he almost died two years ago. You know oh. what I mean? Like, people forget. Like, it, take, it takes a while to come back from an ACL. It also takes a lot to come back for some of that. And that's not an excuse. But what I saw is a more healthy, mentally and physically, David Backus. Yeah. And I think that's dangerous to any of those young kids that thought they might be bumping up into there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, who knows what will happen. But what I saw, he's still a very effective third line, you know, do his job. And if you're going to be paying him... If he's useful, I, I've always said I would rather have him. I don't want him on the ninth floor sitting up there taking space. I don't want him to be a burden. But, again, if in the end he's the player that's going to be the most consistent with the most experience, leave him where he's at on that third line role, you know. Also, he's versatile, you know what I mean? He can, he's been through every situation. What's the worst? That, I mean, I don't. But I don't think that he's playing like a player like. I feel like there's a renewed David Backus. Like, yeah. I'm. He's feeling more like his old self. He knows he's older. He knows he's got a lot of great talent around him that are wait, you know, waiting their turn or whatever. And he's doing exactly what you would expect a player like that to do. Say, well, maybe not quite yet, boys. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and showing them. And like you said, his skating is so much better. And we, we both, I think, read the same article saying he was working with like a, a coach at home. Yeah, a figure skating coach. Yeah. Um, which I, I, I really didn't get much details on that, but. Um, I guess whatever whatever it takes to to get a, a a veteran player like him 
to that level and, and to uh, reach out for help uh, in certain areas when it comes to his game. And, and whatever it takes to get that done, I'm all for it. But what I saw in the preseason was definitely something that could definitely translate into the regular season and mm -hmm. be an effective player for the first duration of, the, of his Bruins time. Mm -hmm. Well, you know. But it remains to be seen what, what Cassidy's going to do. Um, he's got so many assets right now that he can play with and, and mismatch and so on. Obviously, you don't... I mean, I have been on record to say that I would rather see Bergeron on the second line and Krejci on the first. Mm. You know, I'll continue to get killed for it, but I, I just think that you open up bigger opportunities. It's not a downgrade for a person like Bergeron. It's, it's, it's what you're doing for younger players beside you. I think is more important. And I'd like forward. to point out that had Mark Savard not got injured all the time ago, Bergeron would have been the second line center the whole time. He bumped up when Savard was gone. Like it, the ideal was to have, it was supposed to be Savard, Bergeron, Krejci down the line, and that didn't happen. Now, of course, that might, you know, right. I'm not saying David Krejci should be a third, but that was the first ideal plan right back in the day around when we won the cup. That didn't come to fruition. So Bergeron, it really wouldn't, like you said, be a downgrade. I mean, he is the unspoken, yeah, you know, I mean, where's the A for a reason? And same thing with David Krejci. I don't think he's ever taken it as a slight to be the second line center. Like, it's just, right. what are you going to do? You have two centers that both are really good at what they do. And where are you going to put them? They're all about the team and making the team work. And even as a diehard Bruins fan as myself and a, and a huge Bergeron fan, mm -hmm. I don't see him playing top line minutes to end his career. I could see him slotting down to the third, second, third line to end his career while younger players ta are taking on bigger roles under his tutelage and so on, you know? So it's not, it's not a bad thing to think about, but I mean, I just, I, I would like, I just want to see scoring. And I think that, and, and what I think is might not what everybody thinks, and it might not be the right thing, but it, to me, when I dissect certain things, it looks to me like if they made that flip up the middle, you could be better five on five mm -hmm. you know I mean obviously you're going to be one of the best teams on the power play because you've got the lethal weapons of Bergeron Krejci and Krug and and, um, and blah 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 you know what I mean but you know you just I don't know you gotta move who things around who would you put up there though like so you would move Krejci to play with Marshawn Marshawn I mean Marshawn and, and Pasta yeah. or would you no leave one of the wingers and move them everything's with the same Flip so who would be Bergeron's new right wing? I guess that's the question because we still don't. Coleman. Okay, you think he's ready for a second line role uh, though? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Bruce is very high on him. That's all I've read is is he's so high on him and he's probably the the leading candidate. That's good, but does that mean that just because he's high on him does that necessarily mean he thinks he's ready to? step in though. Do you know what I mean? Not as a bump up role, but as like my permanent. If you if you're pumping those tires that hard. Yeah. The, the, I mean, he wouldn't just say that, just to say that. You See, know that's I mean? really weird because from, and Cassidy's the coach, he gets to decide who's on his ice. But, like, for me, he's, n I like him, I do, but, like, he's maybe not necessarily the young kid that I'm letting step into that role. He has experience, yeah, he's been fine when he's been up. But we talk about, like, when you have a small sample size of being up, you know what I mean, and say that, it all depends, right? It, you can see a lot different when a team's struggling, what kind of difference they can make as opposed to being plugged into kind of an already rolling offense, you know what I mean? And it's not because I don't like Carson Kuhlman, but I feel like 
some of those other guys maybe I don't know. It's also the chemistry. Do you know what I mean with the people? Right. I don't know. Because, like, Coleman did not play on the top lines with any of the. He played, you know what I mean? He yeah. plugged in down on the third, yeah. and that was partly experience, partly need from injury. I don't know. I'm not against him. I'm just saying, like, but then so what is that? What would you put there? I don't know, but this goes back to the argument we were kind of talking about before we my, started recording. My third was, line would be Coyle, Heinen, and Bjork. Yeah, well, I, that I would be my third line. I would love line. that. That would be my third line, too. And then Wagner. Corrali, Nordstrom on the bottom. Yeah. Sure. I just, I'm still, can't go. well, I'm still concerned about that second line. Do you know what I mean? Like what you would do with that right wing. You don't want to put a kid in that you think is going to be able to be. Cause at the flip side. His sample size has been good. Right. But what I'm saying is that on the flip side, what happens if you want to move him down to the third line? Do you know what I mean? What is that? Does, is it going to just kind of say he's Heinen not up. doing as well? Right, you bring Heinen up, but unless you switch Bergeron, for some reason Heinen and Krejci still struggle to be together. Do you know but what I mean? Heinen and Bergeron have been See, good. I think that Bergeron, if he sent a DeBrusque and Heinen, might, because I don't think it's anything, it's just the chemistry isn't bonding with those three, but I do think those should be our top six. Right. Because I'm a big Dan Heinen person. Yeah. You know? I just was thinking, like, I don't want to create more issues in a month, because, like, we all know the first two months of hockey is you pretty much know who's in the playoffs by December. It's just the way the formula goes. Right. So I'm not disagreeing. And really, in the end, I mean, Cassidy could put whoever the hell he wants on his team, you know, that he has. So. Absolutely. Uh, it's and, just um, weird lineup questions. Yeah. I, mean, I want to trust the young kids, but I don't know if I do yet. It's good to talk about, you know. It's just, I don't know. I, I kind of see things differently. And, you know, I don't know. You probably see them better than I do. But cause... it's always the Homer thing. Like, oh, you can't take Bergie off the first line. Uh, you know, you're doing an injustice to him and by what he's done for you. It's like, no. Calm down. Like, He'll win a Selkie on the second line. You too. do whatever it takes to be competitive. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't care if Bergeron's on the fourth line. If he's producing, helping, and... No, it's not. I get what you're saying. Sometimes you got to shake it up in a little bit, and it's all you're all on the same team, right? The end goal is all the same. Yeah? Yeah. doesn't really matter where people are necessarily as long as they're being effective. Although I think we might fight if you put Bargeron on the fourth line, at least at this point. No. Hit me in three years. No, I know what you mean. I'm just saying. You know, you don't want a 37-year-old player playing on the first line when you get Studnika down on the third. Right. That's just, to me, that's dumb. But well, that's that's the future and so on. That's but, an assess as we go. And you know what I mean? Like, every year you assess. Like you said, you move people. You know, David Backus didn't end up on the third line out of magic. It happened because he's an aging player, injuries, whatever. Like, he... When he was a young buck, he played higher in the lineup. You know what I mean? Right. It's not. So, I don't want to think about Bergie being old. <laughs> All right. Uh, but uh, let me do this ad read for our show sponsor, betonline.ag. The Boston Bruins training camp and preseason schedule is over, and puck drop for the 2019-20 regular season is only four days away. So placing a wager on any sport has never been more exciting than with the great folks at betonline.ag. Did you know placing a hockey bet is not limited to the 31 teams in the NHL? At betonline.ag, you can place bets on teams in 11 leagues in Europe. And guess what? Because you are loyal listeners of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and CLNS Media content, we're giving you a 50% bonus onto your sports betting bankroll. When you go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50, this added bonus is only for your first ever deposit, and the best part is the bonus is added onto your 
balance within seconds. Again, support our Black and Gold Hockey podcast by going to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Please remember a minimum deposit of $55 if it's required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Don't sit on the sideline during your favorite sports season. Get into the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So, let's talk about betting. I am not allowed to bet on football anymore. Let me tell you something right now. I took yesterday's action on Saturday, the NCAA football. I saw that. I I mean, I I watch Barstool and so on, and I go into the betting uh, YouTube thing, and you know, I, I get some get some advice. So I I was I was not told, but directed to go and take Nebraska over Ohio State, <laughs> and uh, because it was at home and the crowd and blah blah blah. So I was I I. I went on betonline.ag on my account and and placed a $10 bet. And the $10 bet paid out $126. So, greedy Mark was like, well, how does $30 get me? And it was over $388. So, I put a $30 bet on it. Hey. It is what it is. Lost $30. <laughs> but then Mark got greedy again, thinking that, well, I need to recoup some of my losses so I took USC over uh, Washington, and Washington trounced them. And also, both of those bets were parlays. So I bet the money line win, and then the over whatever points they were. And the USC game was like 66, and it came out, I think it was like 46 to 7. So not even close. Yeah. So I'm terrible at betting, so anyway... Or, or you need to stick to sports that you know more about. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's why okay, I need so hockey season to come you around. You get to bet on whatever, the uh, Swedish elite teams, but you do not get to vote Absolutely. on college football until you spend a Saturday watching some of the college football. <laughs> but anyway, uh, back to the hockey talk. Um, well, the preseason schedule is done. Uh, training camp is pretty much, it's still going on, but pretty much done. But um, the the... Players that are still with the Bruins right now, um, and, and shout out to, um, and this is not a good shout out, shout out to the AHL.com for not updating their uh, transaction page. Please get on that because uh, I need to get my rosters done for articles that I'm trying to work on and you're not helping me out. But anyway, um, Jack Stanika is still with the team, um, Parlin home. Still with the team. Carson Kuhlman still with the team. Cameron Hughes is still around. Trent Frederick is still around. Peter Solarik is still around. I heard he's banged up. Um, and uh, Anders Bjork. So there's, uh, there's still room for Cassidy to take these players and plug them in where needed. Um, whether he does or not. Whether they're there for the experience and then sent down to the Providence Bruins. Who did wrap up their preseason schedule yesterday. Um, and their official start to their 2019-20 season is Friday night. Not sure where. Could be Springfield, I think. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But um, what do you think about these guys that are continually getting looks and, uh, and so on? It's just, it's just pop for the course and we'll go from there? Or do these guys actually think they have a chance to make it? Um, I would say that they're probably giving serious looks to 
Anders Bjork to Jack Stanika and to Carson Coleman. The other guys are probably up there for the experience and they kind of already know their... I mean, I don't know what the logistics are with like Parlin, you know what I mean? Whatever. He had a good he camp. Was, right, he had a good camp. He seems to like Par Lindholm, Cassidy and them. So, again, he's another, We like we talked about, they were signed because they have a little experience, him and the Richies of the world, not a lot of money. He seems to really like him. So he might just eat a spot, you know, he might just be up there and there. But for the younger kids, I think those other three are the only ones that are really seriously, like, no offense to, like, Cameron Hughes, no offense, but, like, you're not the one that's going to be in consideration at this camp for a potential, again, there's only so many spots, right? You 22, you can carry 22, that's it. And, uh, but I think that Anders Bjork, Jack Stanika, and have had awesome preseasons. Like, yeah. they've shown, even if they know that they might not end up there, that they want to be there next year. They're going to be there next year, so everyone look out. And also, like you said, that internal competition, there's some people who's up for contracts, whatever, that are going, oh, Damn, I got to get off my ass because these kids are coming. Seriously. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit. Carlson Coleman, like Cassidy really likes him. I do not think that Cassidy likes Peter Solaric, And no matter what he does, that kid is never going to be in his lineup. That's just my assessment. Well, he's, he's, he's either got to be in the lineup or if he is placed on waivers, he's not going to be in the organization And I think longer. that's what's – I'm sorry, Peter Solaric. You haven't panned out quite the way they expected uh, necessarily. You know, and I think – I think that's kind of where it's going with him. Uh, I, I'm not saying I like to necessarily see that. I mean, I do like some things about him. I just think that he might not be solidly progressing at the rate in which that they want to. There are still things year after year that he's working on that he should have already worked on and moved on to the next thing. Sure. Uh, I was not all... I love Andrews Bjork, so, like, you know, when I get on a player, like, I'm going to stick with you through the end. Like, you know what I mean? Until they change... I was not as convinced with Jackson Deacon, not because I don't like what I see with him, but again, it's more of like a formula, where do you fit kind of thing yeah. in my head, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think Your this... age, skill level, and so on. Right, you. but I think yeah. this preseason, like he showed, like he's he's a call-up this year. You know, he's the one. We're well, not yeah. pulling the Peter Solarics anymore. We're going to stop pulling these kids who very reasonably in the next two years are going to be your starting in your starting lineup. You know, so that's just me. And Carson Coleman, I mean, like I said, I mean, I like Coleman. I'm not convinced he's ready to be full-time on the big squad. I'm good with him getting pulled up. I think he's a good player. Uh, he has he showed when he came in, you know, during the playoffs and stuff that he could roll. But at the same time, I'm not sure I'm ready to plug him into, like, the second line right wing yet or whatever. Uh, but, again, I don't get to make up the team. That's just me. But I think if you're going to see one of those kids, it's going to be Stednika or Bjork or, or both. Who knows? Like, you know. Before we take um, our first break, um, I just wanted to uh, read this tweet about the because of the AHL.com and not doing that transaction updates. Um, friend of the show, Matt Castle from uh, NBC Boston, um, has tweeted this out two days ago. So this would be Friday. Uh, something. I yeah, don't know. I'm not 27th. 27th. Sorry, it took me a second. <laughs> uh, the Bruins have made several cuts today. Uh, assigned to Providence, Ryan Fitzgerald, Kyle Kaiser, Una Kapanen, Jeremy Lawson, Pavel Shen, Oscar Steen, Yurho Vakanainen, and uh, Zach Senishin. Uh, waivers with the purpose of Providence. Paul Carey, Brendan Gauntz, and um, Alex Petrovich. We'll talk about him later. So... 
those are the, the, the things that got, um, the players that got sent down uh, to the Providence Bruins, like I said, which is starting their season this week as well. Um, so definitely. And um, speaking of the Providence Bruins, before we take our, our, our break, um, I want to roll out that I'm starting a new uh, black and gold hockey podcast prospect update. And what that is going to do uh, is going to give the listeners of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast uh, in a, a kind of a, an inside look at how the, the, the uh, players in the, low, in the American Hockey League, but also in the NCAA and the CHL and overseas in Europe, wherever in the world, will update those players on a weekly basis. So we'll do our due diligence, go online, provided that the websites are updated, and get that information for you because uh, we've got, I've gotten several, several messages uh, from folks saying that we'd love to hear more prospect talk. And if, if you want to hear something, we'll, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely do it. But I'm, I'm excited to announce that Tim Richardson, uh, blackandgoldhockey.com website writer uh, that covers the Providence Bruins, is going to be joining me on this, and, uh, on this project. And we might even have another person come in. Uh, who knows? Still working on that, but stay tuned for that. Um, where will the listeners find this? Is it going to have its, it's own, own same, or will be right on the same platform? It's going to be the same platform as as anything. So once um, the original, like what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. this is the original NHL Bruins podcast, yeah. and then that we're going to do that more or less um, uh, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday area in the weekend. Mm-hmm. We'll leave that weekend open. But the prospect podcast will be a Monday and Tuesday. That's it. Oh, I just meant in the feed. It's going to download yeah, so, under so, black and gold. You don't have to re nope, subscribe. You to, You're nope, going to get it on, just being a listener. It's on the same RSS feed, but that's which means that it's going to go to Apple Podcasts, yeah. Spotify, and uh, iHeartRadio, and all our major uh, podcast platforms that you currently listen to. So even better, your fans and your listeners don't have to go anywhere. Nope, they just stay where they are, and you're right coming there. to them. So. Thomas Nystrom, um, he's at the hospital uh, today. Um, I believe it's baby-related, so um, hopefully everything's okay with him and his wife. Um, so, But he came up with some really updated uh, um, images, but I'll show you at the break. And um, he brought those over, so we got some new images coming out. So you'll see it on the artwork when the when the new podcast comes up. You'll see the regular pod that you listen to now, but then you'll see a really updated, bright one that's gonna. It's very eye catching when the prospect podcast comes out. So uh, stay tuned to that. And also thanks to Tim Richardson. Uh, he's been a really really good writer for us for uh, well over a year. Uh, so. Uh, I'm excited to have him on because he's uh, he's really into the prospects and, and especially the, the Providence Bruins. And we both watch the AHL TV religiously. So I mean, we watch all three games all weekend, no matter what. We don't we don't go to sleep here. So, um, but anyway, we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll be back to talk um, some more Bruins. So uh, we'll be right back. Passion, talent. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. Score! 
and Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Hey, Bruins fans, back from the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. A little tongue-tied there, folks. Um, but we have some more topics to discuss in the second half of the show. Um, Heather, the Bruins signed somebody. Did they sign? <laughs> that on, Alex on, Petrovich? That, yeah, they did. We're on a great guest. Gold star for you. <laughs> uh, yes, they signed the 27-year-old to a one-year, two-way contract last week. After his PTO agreement was over, obviously it's over when he yeah. signs a, a deal, um, and he cleared waivers and is currently in Providence right now. Uh, I think this is a, a solid move for Providence. It gives them another guy that has uh, NHL time and, uh, and provides a little bit of leadership to the um, young defensemen, young blue liners down there. Uh, the ones that we mentioned before the break that got sent down are obviously going to learn a great deal from a, um, a veteran like Petrovich. But um, it also adds a little bit of an element of um, a break, gla- break glass in an emergency case. Um, so if anything happens at the NHL level with injuries, um, he could be readily available and uh, with his contract allowed to come up because it's a two-way deal and not just an AHL contract. So I think it's a great signing, especially for emergency situations for us and good for Providence, you know, for the Providence guys just to have someone with experience and leadership. And, you know, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not like, you know, you sign Brett Burns kind of thing, but he's been around. He knows the game. He knows how to go in and out of a lineup and stuff like that. And, if anything, I think it's a good signing for Providence, but I I don't think he did all right. I think this is what we all expected, right? We thought he would probably, if he did, the PTO was probably leading to a two-way deal. Like, yeah. I, I don't think yeah. anybody thought that probably wasn't the end game with him. But um, I think it was, it's, I'm glad they signed him, and it wasn't just the PTO to get people moving kind of thing. That's. I, I honestly think that as long as um, uh, Moore and Miller were going to be on the, uh, on the mend, uh, that he was going to get a deal. It was going to be regardless of when, but, you know, the timing. Uh, he was going to get one. So um, I, it's a solid move. I, I know people don't really like him, and they don't like his addition because they think that he's taken up a spot, but it's, it's really not like that. Um, like I said, it's, just, it's, it's nice to have that buffer zone when you, when you, when you have injuries at the NHL level to, to, to bring somebody up that's, seen some NHL time. Experience plays a huge role in decision making, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like those decisions on like young prospects, it's like, okay, we want to plug you in, but we have to find a perfect time to do it to show you. And then there's other situations that you're more pushed up against of certain, you know, that you need to make those decisions and get that player in there because obviously an injury happened. So, yeah. um, but 
yeah, it's just, it's a solid deal. I, I just I really think Providence is going to be a sick sick team this year, and I'm I'm really happy that we're we're kicking off our new uh, Black and Gold Hockey Prospect uh, podcast uh, next week because it's going to be exciting. They're going to be so fast. There's so many so many fast players that are going to be on that club. Well, this is part of the thing we used to do though, right? Like we talked about, right? Remember the year like. Marshy and McQuaid and all of them came up together. They were a great team on Providence. We had, they were actually a better team than our Big Bs were for a long time, right? Some of these kids coming up. And that's exactly what's going to happen with this crop. The ones that are staying will all bump up around the same time, right? We've got expiring contracts. We've got this. We've got that. And they're going to figure out who they're getting rid of. Do you know what I mean? The Providence Bruins still have to be there, but... All these, we latch on to prospects as if they are the only golden nuggets in the world that will make anything. So many people think I do that. <laughs> and there have been times that there have been a few, Mark, I would say, that I wish you would have let go sooner than later. But at the same time, there are some people that you called right on the money and have been everything that you expected them to be and growing in to be more, like yep. the Jake DeBrusques of the world. Yep. And eventually... Actually, when, Courtney and I had a, had a conversation about that. My wife, Courtney, said the same thing. Yeah. Guys, we were watching the game. It was like, you know... You've gotten a lot better. I was like, yeah, I just, you know, the shiny red, uh, shiny new toy theory syndrome. I I had it, but I don't have it anymore. Part of it, though, I think is because you've grown as a fan looking at it from the business aspect, too. Yep. Where for a very long time, I mean, we talked about this, right? You are so, if people would have, could have heard our conversations 15 years ago, right? You definitely were an alarmist fan. You were the fan. Oh my God, we're never making the play. This is trade everyone, burn down the house, like whatever. <laughs> These idiots, right? But one, but that's the fan process. I get like that because for me, yeah, I know it's a business, but in the end, I'm buying a product and I yeah. want, you know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. like for me, it just generally as a sports girl, there's too much analytics in sports. Sometimes you don't get the call and sometimes things suck and sometimes you just, it doesn't matter. Maybe we're overanalyzing stuff crap to death and then we get there but as for us as an organization we tend to hoard everyone we I almost died when they sent Ryan Donato and I thought he'd be in the AHL forever the NHL AHL system in Boston forever personally I think they should have just let him play his last year at Harvard and let him get his little smotty degree but they didn't okay goodbye they made a decision right he had to go that's going to happen with some of these people that love so much right it's interesting before preseason all the the younger kids that Everyone thought the Oscar Steens of the world, nothing against them, right? But those were kind of the darlings coming in. Yeah. Those aren't the darlings still sitting on that squad here at last cuts, like, you know? And that's not a reflection of them. That's just a, a prospect is just a prospect till they're doing what they should be doing or what they're doing. Are they growing? Are they whatever? And for some kids, they're going to grow just fine and be on this big squad someday. But some of those kids we need to start using as trade bait to replace some of these contracts that are aging out. You know what I mean? Are they going to ever be ready Sometimes we talked about on players, sometimes it's just the system. Sometimes a change of pace will create an environment. You don't want to stifle your team and a player's development on this wish and a hope that someday Ryan Fitzgerald is ever going to be on the big roster. I only bring him up, nothing against you, Ryan Fitzgerald. I'm a homer, whatever. Like, you played around, you you know, whatever. But I mean... But if you if you bring him up, yeah. you bring Ryan Fitzgerald up, he could be the prototypical replacement for a guy like Chris Wagner, who I don't see coming back. Right, but what I see is I see the uh, Stednikas and the Anders Bjorks and them becoming what they're expected to be right. at a faster pace, right. just like Peter Solarik, right? 
you can only give people so long. They're either going to develop, at least in your system, the way they need you to, yeah. to be able to plug them in. So, like, Ryan Fitzgerald's a perfectly good player. I'm not against yeah, him. Yeah, but he's a bottom bottom 12 right. player, not, but a, we not all, a top 12, but we not also, a top 6. Yeah, but we also oh, have God, a I'm lot terrible. of bottom 6 players that can get plugged in there. So, at some point, you're going to have to decide no, I know. which of these kids are more... Are, longevity of the team, right? The next core is what we're really developing, yep. right? And we're creating. Uh, we're going to have to let some of them go. I don't know exactly who that is. I have a feeling first one is Solarik's going, like, not not offense, but... Yeah, he won't make the wave a while. Yeah, he's not doing no. that. You know, Ryan Fitzgerald... There's so many up. teams out there that can address big needs with a versatile player like him. Yeah. So... And if we can get something in return that is better for us... Yeah. You never want to see anybody walk, especially right. ones that you drafted. Yeah, but that's another thing people have to get over. Sometimes people walk. Yep. You know what I mean? And if that clears space to get the uh, a newer prospect in the system or, or some of or the prospects Or a contract up, that they're very limited on. You, I mean, yeah. every organization can have 50 contracts. Yeah. Even though you carry 23 on the NHL roster, you still have entry-level deals and so on that yeah. you've got to, you know... It's a whole thing. Yeah. I do have to say, though, on the wire of all the podcasts this week is... Apparently, Don Sweeney is now. It's like, no wonder why he's GM of the year. He's Look at dude, thing. Look at this. Bergeron only gets paid $6 he's million. He's a Yeah, he is, right? <laughs> he's got a big Harvard brain and he's using it. But have you heard it? Like, everywhere is like, oh, my God, Don Sweeney is like, how does he have all? And they're right. And we've been saying this. The fact that this organization has so many people signed, big-name people signed, yeah. to tiny ass. Bergeron would be making $11 million a year anywhere <laughs> else. He has four Selkies. He has a Stanley Cup. He's got Olympic gold medals. He's got two almost Stanley Cups. So he's got three Eastern Conference championships. Like, this, we just as a team have to decide what our identity is. Like, yeah. Cassidy has to finish... Because the rebuild started before, I mean, Cassidy was down in Providence, right? And for a while, it was like him and Claude, they kind of had a good, like, they were kind of on the same page, right? And I think that with the change, they got off the same page, right? Like, I, I, and I still hold, I think that first year when Cassidy was up, that there were certain people in the uh, upper levels of the organization that were driving a wedge. So before where they had a good, like, I'm borrowing your guy, whatever advice, who do you think should come? I think that... There were certain people who the whole end game was to get Claude out the door. You know what I mean? And that first year, I think Cassidy was in on, I know this will be my team, but I know my role. You know what I mean? And yep. learn. And it just got ugly with injuries and just everything. And the season started collapsing. Uh, I do one thing. I, I do think, though, everyone has to keep in mind. Like, Cassidy, and it is good that Cassidy is not a guy. Like, if he thinks David Backus should be still on this team, he's going to put Backus on the team and not give a what, what – Social media and all that say, right? Yes. But suddenly we are the envy of the hockey world. Like, and they say that, right? We don't know we're as good as everyone else knows we're as good. But, like, Don Sweeney's getting all the praise. Charlie McAvoy and Brandon. Look at these. Look at these. And then, of course, everyone goes, but Tuka Rask is still getting paid too much. Yeah, I know. That's... Are you talking about one last time? Tuka was fine. Tuka played out of his mind. Leave Tuka alone. Why does it always have to come back to him and back us? Like, there are other issues that sometimes happen on the team besides them but I don't know back to the young kids those three are the ones I think that might get a serious look uh they've they've risen to the top I think of the crop during this preseason especially when it was prospect heavy like everyone does the first few games so I mean I know some people 
and Mark sometimes wants to just plug all the young guys and whatever. But I'm also not, you know, in the next few years as contracts age or whatever, I'm also not against just, we're going to need a rebuild year, right? Maybe courage under fire might end up becoming where you throw it there. So, so when we talk about the Sweeney's of, uh, of Don Sweeney, I'm going to bring, I, I know I brought this up in a previous podcast, but um, Evan, my, my friend Evan Marinovsky tweeted this out uh, a while ago. But the top four forwards yearly earnings per team, and they're going from the Bruins to the Maple Leafs. So the Bruins have four players at $26.9 million. That's Krejci at $7.25, Bergeron at $6.8, Pasta at $6.66, Satan, and Marchand at $6.12. So the Maple Leafs. Their four top players are earning forty point four four million. Almost half. That's crazy. Matthews at eleven point six. Tavares at eleven. Miner at ten point eight nine. And uh, Nylander at six point nine two. I still don't know why you'd play Nylander six point nine two. I'm so, still astounded. So I mean the Maple Leafs Kyle Dubis. Is just a he's an analytic genius. I get that, but when you when you have to operate a salary cap with that, your next couple of years in, in trying to be competitive under the the rigors of that salary cap is not going to be easy. That's why like people like uh, Krejci and Bergeron and Pasternak are all just. They're getting signed to really good deals because they want to be here. They want to be a part of this. And I think Don Sweeney is the type of general manager that's going to be like, you know, hey, it's either you're in with us or you're out. You know what I mean? Work with us or not because we are not going to be one of those New York Rangers, the Toronto Maple Leaf teams that are going to spend outrageous money or Chicago. I think, too, the, um, with Toronto, what annoys me is, they figured out how to get around the salary cap, and they're doing it a lot more than other teams are. Because if you look at their cal- their cap, it's really like $130 million. But, of course, they're doing it embedded in all signing bows stuff. They're Toronto. They have the money to do that, right? So that is annoys me for one reason only. The whole reason we have the salary cap is supposed to be that all the teams have a chance to get some stars in the meet, you know. Exactly. In Toronto, no offense Toronto, but Toronto is the new New York Rangers of the early 2000s. You are the shiniest of shiny brand new frickin' Maseratis, but your frickin' transmission drops every time you start driving. I hate to tell you, you can sign Marner and all them, and you, they have tons of nice toys on that team. Oh, yeah. But in the end, their toy box is broken, and they have yet to address, besides throwing more money... Right. The issues that they have, right? Like defense on defense, right? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Morgan Riley is sick as all sick. I kept saying that everyone like they would say like that. I'm like, dude, Morgan Riley's the guy to watch back there. Like he is the guy. Like he once he started clicking, like he showed it, right? He, I mean, he practiced. He took us to Game Seven. Let's face it. Right. You know what I mean? Like not the rest Thanks, of the Morgan. team necessarily. Um, but that annoys me because it annoys me not for our team because we could do that too. I mean, our owners own banks, like you know what I mean, yeah, or whatever, investors in banks. They own the building. They have plenty of money. But instead, it's 
the climate that has been created, right? Team first, friendly deal, we're doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean nobody's getting some bonuses, right? That's how we got Chara his little bit more, yeah. this and that. But it annoys me with like a team like Toronto because you're circumventing the cap, not just a little bit. Like you're, you've got double the money on the yeah. books as everyone else. You're not like, oh, they'll figure out how to make it look like 82 million, but we're not morons. And that bothers me because you have teams like Buffalo or, you know, whatever. Do you think Buffalo wouldn't be a totally different team if they got to go $40 million over the cap and never right. get called on it or fined or anything? I'm just saying, not saying like all of a sudden Buffalo is going to be Eastern. I'm just saying like they're rebuilding. Some of these teams have been stuck in rebuilds because they don't have the cash flow to be able to circumvent the cap the way other people do. And then you see teams like Boston who don't really circumvent the cap but still manage to put together the team. You know, I don't know. That bothers me. Besides just Toronto generally bothers me. Uh, the whole thing. But good luck because good luck, Mitch Marner, and have one bad season and see, like, not even, and, like, for him, obviously, would be better than oh, most other people's seasons. The media they is going to tear them apart. You are, you're, the whole entire hopes and dreams of a city have been pinned on your back. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, again, he's another man. I just wanted to say to him, no offense, I don't give a shit what your dad says. You're one of the best players in the league. Yeah. Be a man. You're a grown man. It's your career. It's not, it's not like when you're 14 and your parents are guiding your career. Make it a sin. And you know what? I think that's what happened. I think that someone in Toronto go, you know what, fine, Mitch Marner, go to Switzerland. What do they care? They have $100 million worth of other cap that they still have to play. Whatever. Just like here, like Don Sweeney had to at some point look at Charlie McElboy and say, I would love to give you five years at seven mil. But given the current cap circumstance and what you've done so far in your career, because Don Sweeney is an older player yeah, who remembers it. Right. <clears throat> this is what we have. But in the end... You're the more expensive buy. Yeah. Carlo could be done and I could get someone else to fill this role. Right. I don't want to do that. But you need to look around that room at Char, at Bergeron, at Marshawn and say, am I, for all this I love being here, what are you going to do for us? Because I'll take care of you later. But as for right now, what are you going to do for us to help us have this team intact? Right. And you know what? Carlo, the one that we supposedly had the deal for, right? And we could have had the deal and it fell through because the cap and didn't go up like we thought. Right. But at some point, you're only ruining... Someone, like, was joking, like, Keith Kachuk finally called Matthew and was like, just sign it. You don't want to miss months. You're too young. Like, you need that development. Yeah. You don't and I think that's what happened with McAvoying. Carlo, like, Donnie's like, I don't want you to have to sit over there. But the fact is, I can't have you on this ice right. if you don't sign something. So, like, their deals. But I do think that Don Sweeney, sure, his drafting has been questionable at times. And, again, I don't beat him up about Bacchus the way other people do, only because there were some circumstantial things that I think made that contract a lot less. But we're a powerhouse, and people have to recognize. Because a lot of people are like, oh, we didn't do a lot. We you didn't do a lot we the last summer. three period. Right. And remember last year we got into the conversation about – because you were a little freaked out we didn't do enough. And that is chronically happens with us. Like, yeah. we're more of a deadline-moving team yeah. than we are an in-between. And I said... With the whole broke... It's, if it's not, not broke, broke right. don't fix it. And we're like, well, we still have a better team than most other people's teams. Let's just see. And I understand in the in context versus Toronto, which we're virtually the same team. Like, we really are. We have different quirks. But, like, if you put us side by side, we're panning out about the same way. Or even Tampa Bay. Like, no one... Tampa Bay is good... No one expect them to be Tampa Bay that they were last year, though. 
Donnie Sweeney's just falling to the heliport right now at my house. Yeah. What's up, Donnie? <laughs> Love you. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think we're going to be all right. You know what I mean? Like, the young kids will work out or not work out. And in the next two years, you're going to see what the next Bruins core looks like. Great segue. Great segue and great talk about that. But uh, moving on to time and money. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a lockout in the NHL for another three, three years. years. So the NHL and the Boston, the NHL and the Boston Bruins. I'm sorry. <laughs> the NHL and the NHLPA, the Players Association, have agreed to extend the CBA another three years, um, which is is great news. Number one, it's this this these are positive talks. In extension, because the fact is that I don't believe both sides want to lock out. Now, this is a situation that we have not seen in previous lockouts or CBA negotiations. So, um, I think the need is to work together. But it also makes me gravitate to money, which is obviously the CBA and why we're talking about this. But the TV deal is almost up in Canada. So, Rogers. Uh, TVA and um, TSN, I believe, had a deal with the NHL years ago, and it was um, the. Here's the thing about if you guys don't know about money in the NHL, is all money is the U.S. dollar. So when they made a deal with the Canadian companies. They took a huge hit because the oil prices were going down. The Canada dollar just depleted. Yeah. So that TV deal turned into a shamble. It really did, and it and it and it makes me think that that's why they needed to recover. And I hate thinking like this, but that's why the Vegas club came in, and I think this is possibly why Seattle came in to get some of those funds that they might have lost. See, I was gonna say I I think that. I mean, let's face it, Gary Bettman has expanded this league more than any expansion. Like, he is an expansion error. Because before that, it was the 60s and 70s, right? So he kind of popped it off this expansion error. I think it's a couple factors. One, you're totally right. The TV deal was good at the time, but but that's when the Canadian and American dollars were kind of running side by side. They're not usually equal, but, like, the Canadian dollar was more 90 to the 1 than it was. And it probably tumbled back like it was 1986, and it was... X amount to the dollar, and it was a bad deal, especially for them. I don't think it's, I don't think the expansion team showed up to recover the loss, but I think them not, like, when the NHL chose not to do it, it's because they can't F it up now with Seattle already coming in, because that ball's rolling. Also, the ratings have been going up a little, maybe not on the national, you know what I mean, but consistency, and they have to still shop around. The worst thing they can do, and can we just clarify if the if there was only only the owners get only the owners can create a lockout because a lockout is basically before you get to strike, we're saying you can't play, right? right. So it's the same thing because people like all oh, the players are on strike. No, there's a difference. You're baseball fans. Strikes are when the players refuse to do it. A lockout is when the, the owners, owners refuse to yeah. let to extend the contracts or whatever and don't let them in. But I think in the NHL is unique. They can't do replacement players where in the NFL or baseball you could have people come in and play instead but I think it's more of Seattle's coming in that's a huge they have a huge base anyways just with their WHL teams out there and stuff I mean hockey is big out there 
Yeah. And this is an important move. Uh, they don't want to mess that up. But the thing is, I feel like now, I think it's good because you know how I feel. I like will cry. I literally will cry every day if that happens. But I think this actually, for the first time, puts the players in a better position. Because in the last lockouts, it's always been I want to touch the players on that. end up just agreeing because they need to have income and they need to do something and everyone yeah people play can go and play in Europe and do like that but nobody wants to they want to play for their team in their city their fans their like they didn't work this hard to be playing in the KHL somewhere uh but I do think that now there's going to be leverage I don't want to hear about escrow for three years which oh, I'm going to have to I'm so sick but of but I think escrow. the players are going to end up with a better contract a soft cap and a better contract is what I think that they're when um, when it comes to me and they talk about the players I think that both sides, when you extend the CBA three more years, mm -hmm. I think what it does is it gives the league and the players an idea of what this new TV contract could be like yeah. and what's expected. Um, so it's kind of a neutral zone for them. They're feeling each other out before they go and sit down and say, well, listen, now with the TV deal, the NHL has increasingly gone up in value. Okay. So we, we want to see what, we, what, what our cut is. Yeah. So I think that that's going to be important. So, uh, and it's, 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 this TV deal is, is poised to be so big, it could jump the salary cap up to at least $10 million. Yeah. None of this 500000 here and a million or two there, $10 million. You could literally be at $100 million by the end of next three years. Yeah. I think the other thing that's people don't like you can sign a new CBA before this one expires. It's right. just extended. This is just there can't be a lockout or a strike because there is something in place. Right. But something could be very well hashed out because one thing that rings in my mind is this whole fight about the Olympics. Yes. That is something the NHL banned their players from doing. Yep. I mean, they basically the last Olympics were like middle fingers and went anyways. There's like, a little money in it. Right. My thing is this, is that I do not think it's so disruptive to the NHL process because not all the players go. You could still play and pull your AHL kids up. Or you could just make, instead of having stupid bye weeks for each team, make that week this year is going to be the bye week. Yeah, some players, after the first week, some of the players will be done in the tournament and will be able to return, right? Yep. That's what they always do, right? Yep. When their team goes out, they fly right back and get back in the action. Oh, yeah. I think that is a big, with addition to the salary cap and obviously the health benefits, one of the big things the players want is to play for their team without gripe, right? Mm -hmm. Because what ha the last time I thought it was funny, I was like, oh, good luck telling Alex Ovechkin he's not going back <laughs> for the Olympics in his home. Right, him, Gino, all of them, right? All the team, right? And once some of them were like, no, like pretty much Alex Ovechkin's like, can fire me, go ahead, see what happens. I am Alex Ovechkin, one of the world's most recognizable athletes. Try it, because I'm going back, because he's getting older and he's not going to have many more runs, right? That, I think, is interesting because I bet... I want to see what's going to happen, because the, the round's almost back up to, what is it, two... 22, right, I think is the next Winter Olympics. That's going to be so. right on the cusp of signing that new CBA and the television deal. The owners don't want to look bad trying to get a new television deal when they're basically like fucking their players, right? Right. And I'm not saying all owners are doing that. I just mean as a league, we know there's more money coming into this league than is being divulged and sent back out to 
the salary cap or whatever else. And apparently the escrow is just a bunch of horse shit, whatever. I don't think that's going to be around in the next one. Do you know what I mean? Like right. there. But I think it's an interesting play by the NHL because they don't have to deal with messing up the Seattle draft and Seattle coming in. They can get their new contract. Look, we didn't lock our players out, right? We're in it to win it. La, la, la. Hopefully, we're going to get more national TV coverage because I think that is part of the problem, right? It's yeah. localized. Like, you can't grow a product if you refuse to ever grow it. Yeah, there's going to be you know so I mean? many opportunities to watch on TV cable-wise, and I believe yeah. the streaming options are going to be more plentiful to the folk that... See, that's something they need to they, do. they got to stop blacking TV. they got to stop blacking uh, certain games out. Yeah. There. So, I do think it's an interesting move. Just by the league to kind of protect their own asses. They don't want to. They don't want to negotiate a new CBA when you're going to have more right. teams and more players involved in this and that. But, right. uh, but I do think now that the, I think the ball is in the players' court. I think that this round they have uh, for the last twenty years worth of lockouts, kind of always been in the end not making as big a strides as they needed to yeah. or wanted to. Yeah. And they've sucked it up. This time, the owners, Batman is going to have to suck it up. The Board of Government is going to have to soak it and give the players a lot more of what they want on this round because their little gift was not opting out. You know what I mean? Like, Did, um, did we talk about the first month of the season? We did not. Oh, I, I, we did talk about it in the pre, pre-show oh, discussion. Oh, yeah, we were chatting out here. And that's why I kind of thought I did. But um, Bobby, four days away from Buck <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> So with four days away in the Boston Bruins puck drop on the 2019-20 season, October is going to be a very interesting month for this Boston Bruins team coming off of a, a Stanley Cup experience mm-hmm. um, back in June. So um, in my opinion, these guys have to be ready, and they it's, it's now. Um, and I hate to, like, pick on one person in this topic, but... A player like Tuka Rast is going to need to like man up and be ready for this challenge. Um, I don't want to see him go down in the dumps like he has previous, and then take a, a couple day leave of absence. If if it's mental health and so on, I get it, I understand. But we're a team that's building, and you know the the points in October is just as important in April. So. Uh, looking at the, the month of October, I mean, they start off in Dallas, and um, they start playing Dallas. They play the Arizona Coyotes, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, New Jersey Devils, Anaheim Ducks. Not sure how they are or how they match mm-hmm. up. Tampa Bay, the Toronto Maple Leafs twice, St. Louis, New York Rangers, and San Jose Sharks. That's, that's a hell of a month to start off at. There's no easy schedule. Right there. Not at all. But. Can I see? Uh, my, my thing is, is, is the, the, that's a month that uh, also can be pretty bad. They, these teams could literally, just by the additions that they made, I mean, Dallas got better. Vegas has always been good. Colorado's huge. Probably going to be a, a big player. New Jersey could be a big player. New Tampa Jersey Bay, Tampa Bay's always season. there. Toronto, you know they're going to be a thorn in the side because it's a, it's a division rival mm-hmm. or somewhat. And the Rangers, they got especially better with the additions of Panarin and Truba and all those guys. And San Jose, you know the West Coast teams are always going to play the East tough. The only two games that I'm looking at that I'm not terribly worried about is Anaheim 
because they're media, like they're in a weird rebuild. Like Gibson's yeah. really good goaltender, but they're you yeah, know Perry's got like they're they're in a transition. You're setting goals. They are and everything not, in front's not like great. Yeah, they are not the uh, L.A. Kings who are in, certainly in giant rebuild, but. The Ducks are kind of, I can be competitive, but they don't quite have all their pieces clicking. They're not the Ducks you think of like 10, 15 years ago, when I remember when California hockey was like trying to rule the world there. Uh, and honestly, I am not all in on the St. Louis Blues. I think they had a hell of a six months. They got themselves a cup. Uh, they have lost a few pieces that I think were instrument. And also, I think any team can get hot for six months. And I'm not, again, disturbed yeah. because they had the best six months in hockey and good on them. They won the championship. They're defending cup champions. I just don't know how they're going to compete in an 82-game season versus everybody else, too. You know, so uh, Toronto, that's always, like I said, it's like playing your own self. We're not exactly the same, but we're kind of comparable, you know. Uh, I do think, though, that the Rangers and Jersey, obviously some of these are the West Coast, but on the East, I think Jersey and the Rangers, they had good preseason. Like, you see some of those young kids. You see the draft picks. You see, you know, and plus, obviously, Jersey got, like, you know, Subban and stuff like that. They could be a serious contender, both of them. Like, the Metro has done a good job of building the Metro back up because last year it was all East heavy, let's face it. The East was the dominant division in I mean, the Atlantic was the dominant division in the East. Excuse me, I tripped yes. on my words. I was a little confused about well, where I was. Well, the year before, it was a metro. Right, where the metro, it was like, oh, God, Pittsburgh, oh, God, why? Like, just yeah. on and on and on. Um, but it is going to be a hard thing. I am happy that we're playing St. Louis at home, and maybe we can get, you know, a, little a win in. A little win in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just saying, maybe we can start off winning at home versus then, oh, that would be great. That's, um, that's like the, the kryptonite of... It's going to be interesting. Ugh. I don't see Vegas has had some changes. I'm not sure. I feel like maybe some of the shininess of Vegas is starting to come, which is expected. They yeah. came out the box. No one expected them to keep that. Well, way. they're, they they're a team that could start off not great, but come up, come but, into yeah, their I, own. I'm certainly not saying yeah. I don't think they'll be in the top of the potential. West at the end. Right. Uh, and Colorado's another one. Like they have a lot of shiny parts, but I'm yeah. still, they're still kind of young and working it out together. Also, have they? Did they re-sign everybody? I think they got Ranton in under, under contract. Yeah, that's what I didn't sure. know if Miko... I don't know if Miko signed. I he might have just signed this I week. don't either. But uh, that's a big factor for them, though. Like, you know what I mean? That could change their beginning of their season if he's in or out. The Sharks are an interesting team. They're like... Jumping you know, like, Joe came like back a for third, another year. <laughs> a third of their freaking salary is only on their back end. Like, their defense makes more money than most other people's teams like it's right. ridiculous with what they had and hopefully like I said Eric Carlson doesn't become the most overplayed payer but it is going to be an intense thing I don't know I, I think we usually start on the road I know we, we had a little disagreement about that but either way we don't normally have the teams like this that you know it's usually kind of easy the first week you know we don't have a lot of comparable people these are all people that could very easily beat us. So like you said. Also, I'm not mad at you if you call Tuca out because Tuca is your boy. You are the only person I know who have loved Tuca from the beginning. Yeah, but I also want him to get off of this trend of like almost feeling like it's not showing up. And I, I Is it November 5th yet? This no, I'm is, just kidding. I know. This is just me speaking from you know, I'm I'm a nobody in the hockey world, but you know, Everybody else sees it, and everybody else complains about it to a, to an extreme level. I'm more concerned. Like, hey, like, you know, if if, if it's going to be bad, then just 
then just ride Halak for a month and a half until this guy can figure it out. But, you know, these points are, like I said, these points are valuable. And, and getting them early in a season when you played so late previous yeah. is going to be so important. There's no, there's no, you got to keep on the gas and be fully in or don't. You're a pro. You get paid to do a certain job. That goes for everybody. Man it up. Shut up and do your job. Speaking of folks doing the job, I got to mention our awesome Patreon members. These members contribute a little bit of fundage to our to our goal of uh, helping cut our out of pocket operation costs, and uh, we appreciate that. And I got to tell you, we've gotten some uh, good Patreon members that have recently signed up. So huge news, but um, we have a winner to announce. And we're going to be doing this every week, so please go to www.patreon.com slash blackandgoldhockeypodcast. Donate a dollar per episode. Only like basically $4 a month, maybe $6 a month. That's it, but it really helps us cost, and it keeps the show going. So if you really enjoy the show, I would encourage you to sign up and, and donate. So, But in return for donating, we do a um, kind of a, a little program where we give a T-shirt away every week. So um, we, we don't take all of the cash and hoard it for our operating costs. We also have a budget that we, we take some of that to go into um, uh, some uh, brewing swag. So uh, please go to patreon.com slash blackandgoldhockeypodcast to donate. We certainly appreciate that. And this week's winner is my friend from Washington, D.C., Anthony Noche. Anthony is uh, going through a little bit of a tough time right now, but uh, he's a... Uh, He's a good friend, right? And I uh, hope the best for him and his recovery. Um, so I will be in touch with Anthony shortly about uh, T-shirt size and, and wear, shipping details. Um, also, don't forget, we have the new Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Prospects Pod coming out in a week with uh, t- my friend Tim Richardson. So looking forward to that. Uh, br- busting out more content. We still have 17 writers. We're looking for writers. If you want to sign up, send me an email, send me a DM, anything. If you have, uh, you know, some writing skills and you're passionate about the Boston Bruins, we, we'd love to talk and, um, you know, possibly go through an interview process. But I think that's it for this week, Heather. I just, can I just You can say, say whatever you want. I, I'm going to anyways, you know that. I mean, you could press stop on the recording, but I'll <laughs> still talk, so maybe share it. I just, I just want everyone to listen. I figure if Jack Edwards can always soliloquate, I don't know if that's a real world, I just made it up. Why can't I? I just want everyone to take a deep breath. Last season did not end the way we wanted it to, but it ended, if you put it in context, a lot better than we thought it was going oh, to. Oh, yeah. Right? We are still defending Eastern Conference champions, and we're going to play so and act so. We carry ourselves as so. I don't care what happened. I don't care. We, we Now that the season is starting, we have to let it go. We have to let losing on home ice go. We have to let it go. Because we still got the, our banner. We still got a banner. We weren't home in April. Like, sometime, at points in the season, we might have felt like we could have been. We did it. I don't want to hear about the road. Because you don't know that we wouldn't have beaten some of those teams. Okay? You don't know. Because we didn't get a chance to try. Either way, guess who is not defending Eastern Conference champions? Tampa Bay. The freaking Islanders. The Carolina Hurricanes. Thank God. But, Hartford Whalers, sorry. 
everyone breathe and enjoy it, okay? Let's go for the run. We still got our boys back. Most importantly, Tori Krug is still on this team. No, oh I'm just God. kidding. Fan I'm just girl. kidding. I just mean as fans, fan let's girl. all collectively on Thursday, let 2019, 18, 19 go and grasp on to 1920. Because we could very well be defending champions at the end of the year too, but Stanley Cup champions. We're still good, okay? Calm down. We lost, we lose. People lose, okay? <laughs> Boys, listen to me. Like Mark said, get off your asses from the get-go. Jumpstart at Dallas and don't stop until you see people so far in your rearview mirror that it's the end of June, okay? I just had to say that. I love you guys. I cannot wait to see you all. The band's mostly back together. I love it. I, I already miss you, Marcus Johansson. You weren't here long, but I already loved you. But oh, boy. Good luck in Buffalo. Oh, you know what, though? Uh-oh. Now we're going to have to do it. We didn't do the the East. We were supposed to say who are your top three. Oh, a, all right. Real so, quick. Who's real your quick. top three in the Atlantic? My top three. Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto. In that order? In that all order. All right, high five. As long as, long as the wild card system is set up like this, yeah. this is what you're going to see forever. Okay, what about the Metro? Oh, man. You know, Philly got better. Carolina got better. Are they in the Metro? Carolina? Yeah. No, they're in the Atlantic. Oops. Um, Pittsburgh's always a threat. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to say Pittsburgh, Philly, and Washington. I'm going to say Washington... Pittsburgh, New Jersey. Oh, you're going Jersey. Who? Are, of course I'm going Jersey. <laughs> That's a silly question. Oh, mainly because I would have taken Ta Taylor Hall at number one. Right. I just want it to work out for him. Now things, I want him to be healthy and I want now that there's a team building around him for him to be able to have his chance. He's been the McDavid and suffered through the Oilers. He's been whatever. Okay. Are you going to so, hit me with a Western? No, okay. I'm going to ask you who your two wild cards are because obviously the system we have, the three and three, that's your six. Who are your two wild cards for the East, do you think? Just on a look through the preseason or guess. New Jersey. And LA Kings. But the LA's in the West. Oh my you God! You can't pick the LA unless you're moving LA to um. the East. There's only one wild. Oh no, there is two wild cards. I know this guy. Wild card one and wild card oh, two. Oh my god. Oh, I'm not prepared for this. Um, Carolina. Okay, I'm gonna pick the Rangers because I picked Jersey to be in the top three. I keep forgetting and about the you know Rangers. who I'm picking for my other person? I never thought these words would come out of my mouth. I want to throw up a little. Thinking about it. Florida I just, I just, is in this oh my year. God. You know who is so? I, I am totally unprepared for this. Now that's See, now, now you said the Rangers, and I'm like, oh. I they, know. They... Well, the Rangers and Jersey are hard because they both got better in there. Or like Philly, so you know, my, I got right, a little. So now my, my rankings are going <laughs> um, in the Metro. Okay. The Rangers, Pittsburgh, Washington. Okay. Yeah, I'm terrible. So, <laughs> But we're all on board that Florida and Jersey and the Rangers and maybe yeah. Philly. Those four are going to. Yeah, they've gotten Make it in the their summer. division or they're going to be in the play. See, that's hard. Like, Philly, I'm not sure if after seeing Jersey and the Rangers in preseason, I'm like, did Philly get as better as they – they're growing. They're right. going to be better. But I don't know. It, also, just it feels dirty saying Philly. Like, that feels dirtier than Florida. But no. All right. The important thing is that we are in, yes. and that's it. Uh, you know what, they 
next week I'll ask you about the West the last five minutes. Oh my God. All right. I'll try Based to, I'll try on to prepare how the myself. first week. I'll try to prepare myself. But anyway, um, that was a good little bit of uh, end of show banter. banter there like you go. It. But anyway, thank you very much for listening. Um, you guys are amazing, absolutely amazing people. Please go to any of the podcast platforms that you currently subscribe. Give us five stars. Write something good or bad about us. But that five-star rating is so huge, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, wherever. Please go and uh, give us some, uh, some shouts. I would like to uh, request that you only write bad things about Mark, but wonderful glowing reviews of me. No, no I'm, just, I'm just leave kidding. Leave all the bad things about me on Twitter because people talk shit enough there. So, oh, yeah, again. Uh, yeah. People keep like, you need to get Twitter. I can't. I'm too mouthy. Yeah, exactly. I can't. can you imagine me in the social media universe? There's a reason <laughs> no. I'm not on Facebook or Twitter or any of that. People can just show me when it comes up because I'll be like, Bleh. But anyway, congrats to Anthony Noche on the t-shirt. I'll be in touch soon Ooh. and um, we will talk next week. But next week we will be talking about regular season games. Yeah. The 2019-20 campaign is finally here. And we're gonna we're gonna bring in as much content as possible on the audio and written content. So check out the blackandgoldhockey.com website for our um, tremendous amount of writers that we have there covering all levels of Boston Bruins organization. So thank you all for all the support, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.